us down. Hello, hello, I am Mayor Watt, and this is the Hometown Daily News Show for December 10th, 2022. Its title is, It's an Epic Mistake to Sue Over Fortnite and More News. Let's get going. Hey, hello, I am Mayor Watt, and that is hometown.com. Go over, become a citizen. Does it have any fringe benefits? Yeah, you're a citizen of hometown, but can't be more fringe than that. Uh, not really. Not too many fringe benefits. That said, I've already selected a bunch of articles. I didn't put them into Showbot, but if you type in exclamation point Showbot, you will get the URL to where these URLs will actually be showing up in here in a little bit as we go through it. So let's get into today's news. The very first article is over in the Smack Talk channel, and it's called, uh, well, the title of this, it's originally from uh, Apple Insider. That's who put it all together, but it's the Couchmaster Cybot. They did a review, an expensive couch prison is what they refer to it as. I kind of like that. Expensive couch prison. So... Uh, because I was running behind, um, I'm going to do this as we go through it. I'm going to throw all of the articles into the chat. Uh, they'll be available via the VOD as well and in the show notes uh, everywhere over on YouTube, the podcast, etc. We're all caught up on the podcast. I was a couple days behind, actually. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, had a rough week. <laughs> Um, that said, the Couchmaster Cybot is an awkward workstation that doesn't seem to fit any use case well enough to justify the high price. It's $150. Let's go over to appleinsider.com. Now, for whatever reason, this thing is actually designed, I guess, lined up, affiliated, af finding an affinity for Apple products. I'm not sure why. Um, but anyway... Uh, Wesley Hilliard is the author of this over at Apple Insider, and um, they gave it only two out of five stars. Again, it's about 150 bucks. It's, uh, the Couchmaster Cybot provides almost none of these, and we're about to talk about what these are. It's an overly large, expensive three-piece system that doesn't physically connect, and somehow it costs $156. The idea behind the couch desk or lap desk is simple enough. Provide a surface that is accessible. Pardon me. Um, it should support a notebook or a keyboard and offer some kind of perk like comfort, cable management, or power. And let me reiterate what Apple Insider said. Well, specifically what Wesley Hilliard said. The Couchmaster Cybot provides almost none of these. I think it gives you a good platform, but they're too rectangular whatevers. I mean, they're basically sidearms from a, like a couch or something. Um, but with pockets in various places, completely unapproachable from any angle except outside of the couch prison as they call it and this thing is i'm not sure if it's wood or composite uh, something but it's just a plank and it has some cnc stuff cutouts 
you know, and probably a laser cut those things out and then they just painted it. But I don't know. There's some CNC in there because there's a slot. But basically, it's just a plank on a couple of what could be memory foam squares. It's almost like somebody found some leftover material and said, let's do this. They could have just sold nothing more than that plank. I'm going to scroll back up so that y'all can get a really good look at this thing. I'm spending a lot of time on this because I made something similar to this out of a 2 by 8 not a big deal. This should not cost $156. Unless it's gold and it crawls onto my lap and types on my keyboard for me. What is it made out of? The cushions are made from soft touch fabric with plain dark material on top and a gray tech camo pattern across the sides. So, so you don't see it there. I'm not sure why the, it's a tactical couch master. There are no other color options. And the nicest thing, this is all stuff that must have just been left over. The left side cushion has two netted pockets. I'm not going to spend any more time on this. The black wooden desktop is made from bamboo. Oh, so it's not even like solid conventional wood. It is bamboo, which that gets all laminated together, by the way. I mean, it's not like there are large bamboo planks out there there's small segments and they get laminated together huh which seems to be the justification for the high price it's pretty thick and heavy but it may uh, but that may be necessary given the desk's design now nah. nah. this thing is uh i don't know what it is but maybe somebody's gonna sell it or buy it i won't be buying it but I wanted to talk about it because you can make one of these out of, you know, just a, a hunk of wood and set it across your, a couple of pillows <laughs> and you went right in between there. Boom. You have the uh, budget couch master cybot. Let's move on. Let's move on. This next article is over in the reality hacker section because it's all about VR. Um, Megan the stallion uh, experience is a stunning example of live action VR performance and the closest thing to quote unquote adult content on app lab so far. I don't know if this is a risky click, but I will risk it. Um, Megan the Stallion's music might not be the author's personal cup of tea, but they know good tech when they see it and they were floored when they, it says hoped, but hopped into the recently released Megan the Stallion VR concert experience to find one of the highest quality VR live action performances they've ever seen. Apparently it's free. Megan the Stallion VR concert app includes one demo scene with viewers given the option to purchase additional scenes in app. The app was developed by Amaze VR to capture high quality 3D footage of her performance with a moving camera, making it feel like you're floating right next to her as she sings and dances. Sounds pretty cool to me. Let's take a look. So 
Eh, maybe that's about as risque as it can get. Um, let's see. Ben Lang over at Road to VR, one of my uh, resources uh, related to VR, of course. And uh, let's see here. I don't know what else is going to be in here. I think we'll just have to experience it. So I don't, I'm not sure where I can get it. It says App Lab, but if that's the only place that I can get it, then I guess we're done here. Although App Lab is an official but unlisted shadow store for Quest content. Hello, Z. Uh, developers still need to abide by Meta's content guidelines. So I guess that's about as close as you're going to get to adult content, which is probably good. Although there are things out there. It says, this appears to be one of the clearest examples yet of an app towing that line. Thus, the Megan the Stallion VR concert sets an important precedent. And you got to push those chains down the field and maybe one day um, somebody's going to, I don't know what, I don't know where I'm going with this thought. But since it's only available in the app lab uh, i am done because i don't do anything with quest um let's see here maybe somebody else can talk to me about it and, and come live on the show look right there you can you can be right there if you want to be on the air on the show you want to be broadcast throughout hometown come on down you know let me know you're interested so yeah megan the stallion the pinnacle of live action vr performance according to ben lang let's move on to the next article parents who say their kids won't eat or shower because they're addicted to fortnite slam epic games with a lawsuit yeah i kind of dropped this into bald zebra stream today and um, got responses such as you for real <laughs> yep yep i'm for real and z that's exactly what i said you apparently you're not allowed to parent you have to kind of riff off of anything that your kid does because you aren't allowed to parent and thus you can file a lawsuit but context matters right so maybe there's something here when we peel back the first layer of the onion because you know from the hip this sounds like somebody's not being well a multitude of people are not being a parent but it says here parents are arguing that their children experience symptoms of addiction to fortnite canada supreme court authorized the class action lawsuit on wednesday quote we plan to fight this in court we believe the evidence will show that this case is meritless at Epic Games in a statement. And I'm surprised that uh, what I, <laughs> I am kind of getting tongue tied here. Yeah, be a parent. Be, Z says be a parent. And I agree. Um, if your kid is experiencing symptoms of addiction to Fortnite, guess what you do? you turn off Fortnite, you turn off their computer, you monitor them, you engage and you become a parent. And if they do things on the sly, you figure out how you can as a parent, parent, 
you know, obviously there's a spectrum of remedies. If they're sneaking away, stop them. If they truly are so addicted that they are compromising the parent child relationship, then you need to seek professional assistance. But a lawsuit is not where it's at. It's not going to fix the problem. Your kid is still addicted to Fortnite. So yeah, I think, I think there's a, a big problem here. It, this is not like you can just go out and buy, buy the drug or the alcohol or the cigarettes or whatever and stash it away and hide it from your parents until you are of age where your parents can sit there and go, okay, well, you know, I love you uh, because I'm your parent and you are my child and you're a human being. Um, but now you're of age and responsible for your own actions. So now I can actually tell you you're being a dumbass for X, Y, and Z um, with relative impunity. Um, because you hid all of this from me and we couldn't seek a remedy. This, however, requires the parent to actually put forth money so that the computer is available for to them. And if you don't have control over your kid, it's time to start embracing parental responsibility and the liability that's associated with it. Meritless might be an understatement. I'm surprised that a Supreme Court would even acknowledge this but let's look again let's look jordan hart over at businessinsider.com is the author of this article and it says parents are arguing that their children experience symptoms of addiction to fortnite canada supreme court authorized the class action uh, lawsuit on wednesday i'm just now hearing about it but that's okay uh, we plan to fight this in court is what epic games says and let's see, it says the court concludes that there is a serious issue to be argued. Eh, argue for argument's sake is just so tedious and a waste of public money, but that's okay. Uh, it's supported by sufficient and specific allegations as to the existence of risks or even dangers arising from use of Fortnite. They make it sound like it's a drug. From the use of Fortnite, it's an application on a computer. It isn't meth for crying out loud. Are we going to start seeing ads Fortnite? Not even once. This is absurd. Really? It's really absurd. An attorney from the firm that brought the suit equated the games maker Epic games to a tobacco manufacturer. Exactly what I was saying in an interview and said the legal responsibility was basically the same. Yeah, exactly, Z. What do they expect them to change? Um, okay, Epic Games has decided that you are no longer allowed to play uh, Fortnite until you are 18. And even then, there's going to be some parent, probably uh, these same parents, that say, oh, well, they're still my kid, and that is a Hasselblad full-frame camera, and they just posted the price a $32,000 Hasselblad. They, they seem to always have been that expensive. I'm sorry. 
for those who might be listening to this as a podcast, there's a video at, at, at Business Insider where this article is that had a camera and I am much like a cat and easily distracted by shiny things. Um, so I just kind of pivoted real quick. Uh, let me get back on target. So it says here, um, their motion was heavily inspired by the tobacco motion uh, just in terms of what we are were alleging, Lucier echoed the comparison of video game and tobacco addictions. The harmful effect of tobacco was not recognized or admitted overnight. <laughs> yeah, ad- addiction is different, though. This is not a- addiction. This is a kid's or people that are playing a game and and they've never been told no versus I've taken a drug and it has psychologically and physically manipulated me into needing that. And there's a dealer out there called a tobacco industry that intentionally designed it to be so. It's wholly different. And even then, I still think that there is culpability of the adult that says, I'm going to smoke cigarettes. And if you get addicted, then you should seek assistance. But suing a tobacco, suing the tobacco industry is also largely built upon the idea that it was destructive in its processes. It killed people and causes cancer, even though nobody admits to it in the industry even though the labeling says that yeah it does nobody is getting hurt by epic games's game fortnite unless there is some maladaptive behavior correct the behavior it's not the game it's never the game there's maladaptive behavior sure there are endorphin rushes sure there are uh, people who don't know when to say no when to stop but this is not the same as tobacco. You playing Fortnite at any age is not going to lead to lung cancer or um, <laughs> a multitude of other ailments and actual addiction to nicotine. They, they really, it really should not be on par with. The arguments do not line up. I, I, I'm just astonished that somebody in the legal profession would actually say something like this in, in a meaningful, you know, not just a thought experiment. You know, I, I've had thought experiments with attorneys, you know, you go out to dinner and you have a couple of drinks and you talk with some people and you say, hey, well, what about, and you know, how could I bring a lawsuit that is on its face absurd? So the court finds that there's no evidence for these allegations of the deliberate creation of an addictive game. The judge wrote, this does not exclude the possibility that the game is in fact addictive and that its designer and distributor are presumed to know it. You know what else is addictive? Uh, Buying tennis shoes because you really dig tennis shoes and you become a sneakerhead and you sell some of it and you wear some of the ones that you really want to wear, but you collect a whole bunch of stuff and you end up not being able to pay your rent. But... Are you going to go and sue Nike? You might get laughed out of court, but you can bring a lawsuit about anything, anywhere, at any time. 
it might get punted from the legal justice system, but it will still do its financial damage to the people. I don't know what this is really going to end up being um, or what it is at it, uh, really on its face. Yeah, so, and Z says what I said. I don't want to parent my child, so I'm going to push blame off to someone else, to someone else. So uh, that's exactly what it, what it is. Parents can receive playtime reports that track the amount of time their child plays each week and require parental permission before purchases are made, the company said. Yeah, you can do that on Windows, by the way. A Microsoft account, um, Epic Games has parental controls, if I'm understanding this correct. I, I don't do anything with... Um, you know, parental controls with Epic Games, but maybe I'll look into it and see what their actual controls are. But it says here on average, Fortnite attracts over 80 million active players monthly, according to TechaCake.com. I, I guess that's kind of market monitoring. Um, as part of the class action, other Fortnite players in Quebec who believe they've experienced symptoms of addiction to the game um, can all take part of it. So. Uh, I think it's absurd, but, you know, where there's a deep pocket, I think that this, uh, these attorneys are chuckling, but don't go chuckling into the courtroom because judges, judges seem to not really like laughing at a case, maybe certain elements within it, but not the case itself. Um, let's move on to the next article. This one was really cool. Um, a signed Charles Darwin manuscript on natural selection sells for nearly $900,000 at auction, shattering records for the highest price paid for a document belonging to the famed scientist. A signed Charles Darwin uh, manuscript sold for $882,000 at auction, Sotheby says. Prior to the sale, the highest price was $400,000. So I guess they really evolved. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'll leave. Should I leave? Uh, door's right there. I'll, I'll leave. Um, donned with Darwin's signature at the bottom, the piece of paper set a record for the most expensive Darwin item ever sold. D says they're honestly surprised it didn't sell for more. I don't know. Times are tough. You know, it's survival of the fittest out there. This was, by natural selection, the most expensive Charles Darwin. I can stop anytime, I promise. Otherwise, I'm going to join this Fortnite lawsuit because I'm addicted to puns and I should be punished and put in a punitentiary make them stop, right? Uh, Gordon Hart is the author of this over at businessinsider.com. Not all of the articles tonight are from... Should you shame me out of my own channel? Maybe. Maybe I'm going to have to make you a mod so that you can just kick me out. <laughs> uh, I'm a bad host. What can I say? Let's see, according to Sotheby's, the manuscript is Darwin's definitive statement on natural selection and his legacy. You know, I have to agree with 
Z entirely and and add to it. This should have been worth a whole lot more, right? This is the document that is the definitive statement on natural selection and his legacy and was written for a publication called the Autographic Mirror in October 1865. Let's see. Uh, the theory of natural selection went on to become widely accepted as a key part of evolution by scientists. And this is in 1882. So nearly 20 years prior, this document was in existence. Huh, I wonder if they find another one that's earlier, if it'll break a million. So Darwin defended his famous evolutionist theory against critics at the time, and the manuscript served as a, summation, uh, as a summation of his philosophy, Sotheby said. So yeah, for 20 years, fighting the good fight, and uh, not until after, like all, uh, I don't know, the, anybody that's critical of certain things, um, it, it suddenly becomes uh, the de facto thing after you die I'm, you know I, <laughs> I don't want it like that for me I want I want to I have a, um, a theory that it's impossible for you to pause a video of somebody talking without you having a completely goofy look on your face unless the pause is staged like somebody warns you and you go no, you look like you're either drooling or uh, you have a goofy look on your face or you're craving cake or something like that, whatever. And you just can't watch anything and just randomly pause it without having a goofy look on your face. And I posit this as my wait, let me let me roll back up here and say exactly what it is. It is my definitive statement on pausing videos and my legacy. Now this is in perpetuity out there. This will get posted to YouTube and to the podcast and everybody. I'll have to come up with a better name than what it really is. Well, what I have in mind right now, but um, we'll revisit this because I'll, I'll probably demonstrate just how accurate my statement is. That said, I figured that this should go for more. It's pretty neat though. An actual signed Charles Darwin manuscript on natural selection. And here it is that I get this little gift from the office of the president with some chocolates in it. And it, basically, when you look it up, you can get this thing from anywhere at any time. And somebody goes out and buys a manuscript for $800,000. Now, I thought the chocolates were special. Whoa. Okay, so Automod just caught that Z, and I have no idea. Uh. <laughs> Should I allow that? I'm going to allow that. <laughs> I'm not sure why it was so strict. Weird. Anyway, let's go on to the next article. Electric school buses are giving kids a cleaner but costlier ride to class. I mean, maybe. Uh, well, uh, it gave it context, but I won't go into it. Um, so now we have electric school buses. Um, 
I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's a real problem with electric vehicles right now. And it's the fact that you have to sit there and still charge them. Now I'm, what I am hoping is going to happen is, um, this downward pressure from consumers on charge times are, are going to, um, cause the technology to evolve faster than industry would normally want it to. People don't want to sit around for two hours or 30 minutes or even 15 minutes waiting for their car to charge. What they want is to charge it up within five minutes and get back on the road. That's what I want. Get it done. That's what I need. I'm a consumer. Get it done. Well, now electric school buses help the environment and are better for uh, the children that they carry, but they come with a steep upfront cost. Yeah, because buses are expensive as it is. Oddly enough, they don't have seatbelts here in the States. Uh, it's weird. Every vehicle has seatbelts. Uh, but for whatever reason, school buses don't. Anyway, this is an article over at CNBC by John Rosevere. Um, and uh, it has this neat, much more squarish looking school bus than I've ever seen. Um, but it's an all electric school bus. And they have a video over there. Uh, you can follow that link um, from the show notes, from the um, showbot. There's the link in chat. And you can go over and watch that video. I won't play it, but it says Beverly, from Beverly, Massachusetts. Um, it's a gray November morning and we're on, we're on board a long yellow school bus. Could have just said school bus for crying out loud. Um, the bus bounces over Boston uh, suburbs, patch streets in a way that would be familiar to anyone who ever rode the bus into class. But the bus is quiet and not just because there are no kids on board. It's electric. So is this writing. School buses are uh, so Z says school buses are designed to have compartmentalization, which is supposed to be safer than seat belts considering their design. Okay. You know, I've never looked into why school buses don't have seatbelts, but I think they've never had it as far as I know. Um, but in every other vehicle does. So like even big vehicles do. So it's like a big, huge go-kart said the bus driver on that November day. So let's get into this. It says greener pastures. We all know that uh, EVs are deemed greener in day-to-day -day operations. They're actually pretty expensive economically and ecologically in their creation and initial sale. Um, the return on investment over is over time, both in terms of the money spent and green um, economy-wise. It's something that doesn't just happen because there are batteries and there are other things that lead to the creation of that uh, electric vehicle. So let's not pretend to think that electric vehicles are instantly going to solve the world's problems. They don't. Um, it says ESBs are expensive. Battery electric versions of small type A school buses cost around $250,000 versus $50,000 for diesel. 
full-size C or D type buses range from 320 to 440,000 in electric form versus about 100,000 for diesel. Um, I've heard of higher prices for diesel, uh, but uh, it could be regional. Obviously, my experience with this and most of my opinions are uh, anecdotal, um, but it looks like a completely different design, right? Because it no longer has that big old diesel engine in the front. Um, my issue would still remain with this zero uh, uh, emission um, school bus, which is uh, charge time and reliability in the cold and the heat and um, the distance that the bus can go, right? So let's see if they mention how far, what the range is of this bus, because I didn't see it in the beginning. Uh, the, uh, the CNBC article goes into a lot of numbers about what it costs, um, but that changes with time and a sunk cost in an electric vehicle is ultimately going to end up being recouped partially in no longer having to pay diesel prices, which are outrageous, $5 plus a gallon, I think at this point. Um, and in five to 10, maybe 15 years, if you can really push it, that battery is going to have to be replaced. What is the cost of the battery? It's never discussed until the fit hits the shan. The price of that battery, it is a consumable. It will fail at some point. And all of these EV drivers don't seem to really discuss that. When I have a conversation with people about their EV, um, and I've, I've had, I can't count how many conversations I've had about EVs because I really want one. Um, and there are people with varying types and homemade versions of uh, like converted vehicles um, all around me. And they never bring up the price of the battery because it's going to get replaced. Um, and it just seems to be a sunk cost. They just doesn't even, they don't even register it. But then I say, hey, you know, you have to replace the batteries on your flashlight periodically, right? And they're like, well, yeah. Well, how much does that cost? Oh, well, the flashlight costs 10 bucks. Guess how much the batteries inside it cost? 10 bucks. How long did it last? Mm, not as much as, you know, whatever else. Gas-powered <laughs> light. Um, well... These prices are going to happen again. Some portion of it is going to happen again. But I don't think, I, I still don't think that it talks about the range, right? It doesn't say anything in the article about the range. And that's really troubling with these gas powered trucks, gas, or sorry, uh, EV uh, trucks, EV uh, buses, EV industrial equipment. Um, when it's under load, that battery just plummets. So I think that this will be a bigger problem um, than even this article is really discussing. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. Let's move on to the next article. Um, crypto firms are now vowing to show proof of reserves um, after FTX's collapse. So this is like self-regulation, getting out in front of it before the federal government in the U.S. starts leaning into it. Um, but it says here, but here's what it really means and why it isn't enough to restore confidence. So the collapse of FTX 
has spurred other crypto firms to try to increase trust by promising more transparency. Binance and several other rivals have promoted proof of reserves as a solution, which really is just bogus unless you have some external auditor coming in, which means regulation, which means monitoring. We're not going to have another Arthur Anderson here in the United States. It's just not going to happen. If it does, it's going to be with complicity at, at all stages of government. <clears throat> but these guys are trying to, or these people are trying to get out in front of it so that regulators don't come knocking on the door of crypto firms. Well, the collapse of FTX has heightened scrutiny into cryptocurrency firms um, and their ability to pay up when customers panic. And that's why we have regulation and FDIC insurance. Pardon me. I'm not sure where that tickle came from in my throat, but. Um, and industry leaders have touted proof of reserves as a way to boost confidence. No, all that is, is a document that at some point, even if something does happen, they're going to say, well, we had reserves, but there was a run and it blah, blah, blah. If there is a run, there's going to be panic sell-off. There's going to be a greater run, um, expanding proof of reserve just means that there's a little bit longer runway says here, but experts aren't sure that it's sufficient as the FTX bankruptcy has uncovered an array of counterparty risks that crisscross the sector. Yeah. So it's because they were making money on their money, but their money wasn't really their money. And when one uh, element of the stack of cards failed, the whole thing came tumbling down and it's leverage upon leverage upon leverage. And that's, Hey, that's kind of what's going on with um, Tesla and and Twitter and SpaceX and basically everything involving Elon Musk. So hopefully Twitter actually doesn't collapse totally um, and lend, lead to a crisis with Tesla. But still, that's a, a different issue altogether. But this means that people just don't trust um, the crypto world. In fact, let me see. I haven't looked today. What is crypto at? Um, there's a whole bunch of them, but uh, Bitcoin right now is at 17,000. So it's 2000 lower than just a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, a month ago, it was at it's $408 lower than a month ago and $11,000 down from six months ago. Yeah, this is kind of a dead cat bounce, as it were, just kind of hit and then dropped a little bit more, and I don't think it's gonna come back for a decade. I've been saying that for uh, months and months now. So uh, this article is over at Business Insider by Brian Evans, and um, what it really means, it, it doesn't mean much. It just means that somebody put together a document that says that there is money there, but is that money really there? Show it to external auditors and we'll see if that money is really there and untouched. It has to be a liquid asset that's easily accessed without delay because when people want their money, they deserve to get their money. Um, and, and that is why FDIC insurance is there. And that's why there are uh, regulatory requirements for liquid assets to be available 
um, for a run. Let me see, is there anything else in this article? It says, second, a glaring gap in proof of reserves is the absence of liabilities, which makes the assets look misleading, according to Heisbach. Um, have you ever seen a company balance sheet not include the liabilities? The picture would be incomplete, correct? Well, if they have no, no liabilities, hmm, what could their liabilities be in a cryptocurrency where uh, other than the, if you are a cloud-based enterprise, no fixed location, you don't have offices and whatnot, um, and your employer, your employee, basically your payroll would be the only thing that would be a liability, right? If you don't have a big building. So you're making um, virtual money on top of virtual money pegged to a real currency and hoping that nobody makes a run on your virtual currency. Maybe there are no liabilities. I don't know. I've never seen any financial document without liabilities of some sort, or at least an audit trail that leads to liabilities. Um, it says here, another possible solution that's been touted is a Merkle tree proof of reserves, which, which uh, work in real time. A Merkle tree is a data structure that encodes blockchain transactions more securely tracking assets from their origin to their destination. Yeah, kind of a cradle to grave um, chain of custody. But while it promises tamper-proof security, exchanges can still just as easily put client money in danger by lending to riskier borrowers. And there you have it. And that's exactly what FTX did. Um, and it was actually kind of recursive because FTX used its own crypto coin, which was supposed to be a stable coin. Um, and that wasn't a complete farce, apparently. It, it collapsed. And all kinds of people were given uh, partial ownership and like shares and cryptocurrency it, from that stablecoin um, in as compensation for their products or services that were given to FTX. Um, all of that worthless now. Let's move on to the next article. Stellantis is indefinitely idling a Jeep plant and it's gonna lay off its workers. Uh, to cut costs for EVs. How's that for a slap? Right there in the EV port. Um, I'm the boss of this plant and I'm walking up to you telling you, hey, um, your gas uh, production line, your internal combustion engine con uh, production line is going to be canceled because we're going to dedicate more stuff over to EVs. Um, so Stellantis at the plant, which produces the Jeep uh, Cherokee SUV will cease production as of February 28th. And um, more than 1,200 workers at the facility, which produces Jeep Cherokee SUVs, will be placed on indefinite layoffs. I wonder how much of a severance package they'll get, the company said. Uh, the company described the idling as a difficult but necessary action. So Stellantis said Friday that it plans to indefinitely idle a Jeep plant in Illinois starting early next year. Merry Christmas. Uh, to cut costs as it invests in electric vehicles. This is how you build bad blood. <laughs> you blame EVs. Yeah, Z, it is unfortunate. Um, but to blame EVs, 
you you literally just created 1200 pissed off people who are going to tell their families that EVs took their jobs. I mean, how ridiculous. It isn't EVs that did it, and I would never even describe it as this. This is a corporate restructure that they feel, the business feels, is prudent for business operations. But they are allowing an article to come out saying that it's so that they can invest in electric vehicles. I would be, I would be pissed if I was Stellantis. I, I would be writing to this editor saying, you need to do a correction. Because um, if somebody said that it's because of, so it says here, our industry has uh, been adversely affected by a multitude of factors like the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and the global microchip shortage. But the most impactful challenge is the increasing cost related to the electrification of the automotive markets, Delantis said in an emailed statement. So out of all of these things, the thing that gets the clickbait is blaming EVs and not maybe it's a strategic change. Yeah, just like the never ending immigrant argument. Yep. Yeah, I I will always be shocked. Um, but there is there's something that I'm working on that I would love to be able to do a, a long um, discussion um, here in hometown about um, and it's the nature really of society. So I don't know how uh, interested people would be, it, but it, I would have to start staying online more often um, so that uh, we can have a more involved discussion about it. This article, by the way, over at CNBC about Stellantis and definitely idling a, a Jeep plant um, is written by Michael Wayland. Um, let's move on to the next article. Employees of Kentucky Candle Factory destroyed by deadly tornado file a, a new lawsuit. Um, I think this one, <laughs> if you're going to have a lawsuit um, against a company, uh, it really should be something like this um, and not for bad parenting or neglectful parenting. Let's just say that. Not, not It wasn't bad. It was just neglectful. Um, so employees of Kentucky Candle Factory destroyed by deadly tornado file a new lawsuit. Um, let me put this in chat. And we can talk about this real quick. Um, so this is by Meredith Delizo. A lawsuit uh, alleges false imprisonment and infliction of emotional distress. And beyond that, it was a deadly tornado last year wherein the the entire building was destroyed um but it was it was a tornado that hit um, mayfield consumer products candle factory in mayfield um kentucky on december 10th 2021 so right around the corner from well it was today my god one year um, precisely one year so in the lawsuit filed Thursday in Graves County, several employees who were working that night alleged the company refused to let them leave, even though it was a, at least three hours notice. This is something that was discussed on Reddit, as far as I recall. I remember having uh, interactions with people about um, this event 
and now I'm trying to think if it was that same night or if it was the day after. Well, anyway, there were people who uh, tried to leave but were told no, you had to work. Um, and the tornado rolled right on over them. So in the la latest lawsuit, the workers allege that Mayfield Consumer Products repeatedly threatened to terminate any employee who left due to the... And the, uh, this is what drives me really nuts. Um, due to the expected tornado, did not train the employees uh, in emergency safety protocols and that there were only one hallway and two restrooms for its 110 employees to shelter in during the tornado. And it's basically just a big ass warehouse. So, uh, I don't know how many people really talk about this kind of stuff, but first off the warehouse, a warehouse structure is just junk. It's tin foil and a couple of sticks. And if a tornado hits it, it's gone. Um, but it's cheap to put up and it's cheap to, to re-maneuver because all if you ever want to change something inside you get tin snips and you move stuff around but the walls are sitting there right but when a tornado comes across all that has to happen first off the walls will still collapse even on their own because warehouses are just kind of junk um but if the roof gets peeled off, the walls just fall over. This is why I'm such a big proponent of 3D printing buildings uh, out of cement. Um, you have one foot thick walls that are insulated and can't be set on fire no matter what. No need for insulation because the air gap between the inside and the outside is pretty much uh, an R factor of you know, incredible. and there isn't anything that's going to just blow it over because it's one contiguous mass. This becomes a real problem because lives were lost because somebody wanted cost cutting and revenue generation in the face of a tornado that was in the area and they should have just been allowed to go home. Um, and the culpability of the uh, leadership there is going to be the main issue. If they can provide evidence or statements that suggest that the leadership truly was telling them that they were fired if they left, uh, these people are in some serious trouble. Uh, just Not just because NLRB kind of takes that stuff as, uh, well, I mean, it's as serious as a heart attack. If you make a threat, about termination, it's tantamount to uh, abuse and the NLRB d doesn't take it lightly. And it says here that a group of workers representing it, represented by Elijah Johnson, one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit also alleges uh, in a filing with the NLRB last month that the company retaliated against them for participating in an OSHA investigation earlier that year or earlier this year um, by refusing to pay their medical bills. So this whole thing is just screaming um, abuse. And it says the OSHA probe led to $40,000 in fines for seven violations. This is literally proof that that is what they were doing. And that led to the potential loss of lives. Um, so I, 
I wholly support a, a lawsuit like this because this is just absurd. It says, this confirms that MCP complied with federal and state law, which requires employers to ensure the employees shelter in place during hazardous weather events. No, you had three hours of warning to allow them to leave because the place isn't safe. It isn't just shelter in place that isn't safe. It wasn't safe because it didn't have enough locations to shelter in place. 110 people in only one hallway, it's absurd. So I guess we'll see. Um, this will shake out just like every other lawsuit and, and we'll cover it here. Um, and yeah, um, you know, pretty normal in the Midwest, yep. And it, it's a problem that I've always had and you know now in you know my my station in life my uh, age uh, my attitude about things um, i used to work 100 hour work weeks i used to wear a suit i used to basically um, be the the it was always my vision in projects and stuff like that and so i would be one of those that was supportive of my team and if i ever felt that they needed to not be in the enterprise shoo go don't come to work sick um be happy and healthy if you're working too hard and you need time off go away um whatever it is but then come back recharged ready to go you know hit the ground running and 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 do your job this is telling people i don't care about anything about you and it's just convenient that we said something about sheltering in place but if you only have one hallway and it gets destroyed by a tornado you're not sheltering anywhere you're trapped in a tin cup and you're being blown all over town this is just horrible you know keep your employees happy and healthy and if they need to go home send them home yep exactly z that's exactly it. They probably had families that they needed to get to. I don't care. Maybe they didn't have a family and they had a dog or goldfish. I don't care. This was the worst spot that they could have been in because it cost them their lives. Uh, and it's just a shame that it was profits over humans. So now I say it, you know. If you don't have to be there, don't be there. And you they didn't need to be there with a tornado impending. Send them home. If it was 15 minutes out, then shelter in place. But have reliable shelter in place. Your building was torn apart by a tornado. That's not shelter. That's a trap. So this next article is in the word in tech. And it, uh, it says here, is this the end of TV? Broadcasters prepare for online only switch. Uh, way back when, um, when I, well, I won't get into the timeline, but that just makes me feel old. Um, I did um, a study on converting uh, businesses as part of strategic management consulting um, to readjust um, people from print to digital media. And this was a long time ago when this was cutting edge stuff. Um, this is far from cutting edge stuff. Broadcasters should be already online and ready to flip the switch from pure broadcast um, and even cable to online only and having uh, 
consolidation apps like the uh, Apple TV um, ecosystem. I'll just put it that way because I can talk into my I can say the name of any show I want and my Apple TV will tell me this is where it is and I can go there and watch it. Pretty brilliant, right? When Steve Jobs said that they, you know, fixed that, they fixed it. They figured it out. Um, and then he died. But anyway, um, yeah. It, and if you ever get a warning from your doctor to get medical treatment that is outside their particular specialty, go and talk to that specialist and, and get the proper treatment. Because um, Steve Jobs did not. Anyway, that was a PSA. Um, hard to miss the huge t television events uh, of the last fortnight, which is really funny because we just mentioned Fortnite, a different Fortnite. But anyway, uh, there was Matt Hancock emoting away in the jungle on ITV, England scoring actual goals in the World Cup. Woo -woo. And then the former royal couple telling it uh, their way in the orchestrated drop of their first episodes of an intimate documentary series on Netflix. And even if none of those offerings registered as a personal appointment to view, the noise created was certainly insistent. I agree. Um, this, did I post it? Yeah, I did. Um, so this article is over at The Guardian. And it says, I, uh, as ITVX launches and the BBC gets ready to stream, not beam, will event viewing become a thing of the past? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I really don't like the idea of having to get to a destination to sit down to watch a show when if it's recorded, why not just make it available for me to do on demand and I can get my group of friends together and we can all gather around the little tiny screen because that's what we can actually afford to get nowadays. Actually, that's not true. I mean, big screens are so inexpensive right now. Um, save up. You'll you'll really like getting a bigger screen. Um, you know, we've all been there. We all have had to save up for, you know, getting a 4090 for crying out loud. That's $15,000 or something like that. You know, the GPUs are really expensive if you haven't heard. Anyway, I digress. So hard to miss the huge television events of the last fortnight, right? All the same, there are strong hints that the days of the large live TV audience with everyone sharing a scheduled broadcast at the same time are numbered. Well, it doesn't really matter nowadays because you're watching with your click of friends. And when you go out and you say, Hey, did you watch the latest blah, blah, blah. And they haven't, they can go and watch almost immediately if it's all on demand. But, Everybody has life to live. So why pin us down to a certain time frame? I would have appreciated that in a bygone age, but in the 21st century, let me consume how I want to consume when I want to consume. You can throw your ads in there if I'm not paying to have it removed, but for crying out loud, broadcast is pretty much gone. Um, at some point I can imagine it returning because somebody figures out a way to exploit that technology in a new and unique way. Um, similar to like the, the idea of what Twitter was using older technology at the beginning of its existence. Um, just like, um, the, um, uh, Kindle uses uh, whisper net, which is basically texting, um, 
but using beeper style technology. Um, so Z says here, uh, funny considering how we all show up at our favorite stream so we can interact live. Yeah. And that's an interesting, um, you know, I guess discussion, right? We are actually showing up to interact live with the actual human being. Um, but you can't do that with the shows that you watch. So this, what, what you are talking about, uh, and, and what we are living, that's my NFL. That's my, uh, uh football soccer. That's my baseball. And that's my ESPN. Twitch is my ESPN. Huh? Um, but I get to sit there and I get to watch somebody play a game and I get to interact with them in real time. And you can't do that with a regular television broadcast or not. Um, it's only through this um, current age where we can actually even interact with stars in any real way, um, like sending a tweet or contacting them via Insta or TikTok or wherever else they've chosen to engage. Um, I think the days of scheduled broadcast is numbered, just like this article is hinting at. It says the plan after years of rumor is for all TV output to be available online only within the next 10 years, which is absurdly long. Broadcast channels with their daily lineup of shows are doomed. Programs, originally so-called because they were programmed, will come into our homes as streamed branded products rather than being beamed to viewers on a preordained timetable. And I think it's wonderful uh, because I get to consume without having to worry about, you know, mixing something else in my life. Um, and now I can triage in a way that allows me to hang out with my family and watch a show whenever I deem it necessary or I'm desirous if I want to watch the show at two o'clock in the morning and wake my kid up um, to watch that show at that time, ta-da, I can do that, right? I would never do that, but um, suffice to say that now is the time for us to make these big changes. Everything should be on, on demand. Um, there are some that say that it should be kind of meted out once a week, one episode a week. I think if you've got it all in the can, plop it out there uh, because you're losing people who don't want to go through that pain and suffering. Some of us will wait until the end of the season because we don't really care about having real-time conversations the next day about a particular show. I don't know why they highlighted Hulu's Handmaid's Tale and Succession, but um, man, that these shows drive me nuts. Yeah, first world problems, I know. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this all qualifies as pain and suffering, but I get it. The producer also points out that the release of uh, appointment to view programming is clearly possible in a digital era. Harry and Megan's Netflix documentary, Handmaid's Tale, Succession, each have proven this. You can also see that shows such as I'm a Celebrity or Sports Fixtures, uh, which Amazon Prime has done so well from, um, are not going away. So, yeah, you can always just quote unquote program um, a show. So, but I think um, 
like physical media, broadcast is, is dead. Sorry about that. I have people around me that swore up and down that physical media would never die, never die. And um, they are a Kindle away from getting rid of everything. They love the feel of books, but I keep prompting them. Hey, did you know that you can carry around thousands of books on a Kindle and get it updated in real time? If something new drops, you don't have to go out to the store to get it. You can just get it pushed. <sighs> With all of these efficiencies. Uh, so Z, you brought up first world problems. Let me tell you, if we all just focused our technology on solving these issues, like water, clean water is one of the biggest things. But instead of us finding an actual technological solution for it, we're trying to build borders based on where water flows uh, so that they can get their portion of it and they can get their portion of it and they can get their portion of it. When we have the technology, we just don't want to make negative money. You know, we don't want to lose money. We don't want to make a little bit of money on the prospect of providing clean water to people. There, there are companies out there that want to make billions because it's providing clean water to people, let alone all the rest of it. You know, you can dig up a hole right next to where you want a house, throw it into a 3d printer and print a house. And you can do that everywhere. Yes, Nestle enters the chat. Yeah, and then gets banned immediately. Uh, the things that I say are, I'm, I feel like I'm never going to get branding. <laughs> I'm never going to get somebody supporting this channel from um, advertisers. It's just never going to happen because I just keep calling out all of this crap. <laughs> and here, speak of the devil. Um, so uh, I don't normally end with an Elon Musk, but I thought that this one was really interesting when I was going through. Um, yeah, and I don't want to, you're right. We don't want Nestle as a sponsor anyway. Um, if they change their ways. Oh, by the way, there is a really big push now starting to happen about getting away from plastics because we keep finding mi microplastics um, in soil samples, in uh, tissue samples, it's in lungs it's it permeates everything um it, we find it in fish now all kinds of stuff right well there's a really big push getting away from plastics which means we're going to return to glass and glass is recyclable 100 percent recyclable um depending on the process there's zero waste or near zero waste i should say um it, like is it's inconsequential um whereas other things like um uh, steel, uh, aluminum recycles really well, uh, but a bunch of other things, when it recycles, there's a, a really bad waste byproduct that just gets dumped somewhere. Um, but glass, there's you know, almost no waste. Um, so I find it really interesting that there's a lot of talk about um, going back to glass. I think the biggest issue is how to save the world from broken glass because we slip and drop something. Um, and the only thing I can think about that would be containers that soften the blow uh, so that it doesn't break. Um, or if it does break, it's contained within that whatever it might be. It could be made out of wicker for crying out loud. Um, it's all natural. It could be made out of hemp. 
anything but plastic get away from plastic it's contaminating everything i'm surrounded by plastic it's ridiculous it's really dry in my office sorry about the coughing so this last article is uh, Elon Musk sent an email threatening to sue Twitter staff who leak info, uh, confidential information reports that. So I guess freedom of speech only means until it draws attention to your enterprise. Elon Musk sent an email threatening to sue Twitter staff who leak confidential information. And I love this. I love this. He gave the employees until 5 p.m. on Saturday to sign a pledge, a source told Insider. Platformer Zoe Schiffer um, tweeted extracts from the email that she obtained. Wow. You need to make those refill stores that are popping up more popular. Yep. Yep. Um, one of the enterprises that I'm involved in has these refillable water um, places all over the place and uh, recycling bins all over the place so I, I think it's I think it's smart and if we get away from plastic then there's less waste because you can just smash down that glass and recycle it completely um, and not have to worry about microplastics all over oh, it's really gross when you find out that like fish have microplastic in it and then we consume it and it gets in us anyway elon musk has threatened to sue the few quote-unquote few twitter employees who keep leaking confidential information to the media those bastards talking about stuff happening in an enterprise that has been purchased and privatized so that nobody can look inside but while Elon Musk is sitting there saying that they're going to sue, he's also saying that transparency is important and is exposing the politics. Right. Got it. Confidential, huh? Confidential when it's convenient. Confidential when you're trying to poison a well. And there's reasons, there's context as to why people are making requests of a business regardless of its political intent. I don't think anybody is getting the full view of what is going on in Twitter, what went on in Twitter before Elon Musk, and definitely not what's going on now within Twitter, except for the leaks. So whistleblowers, blow away. Ah, I'm not sure if that's right. Anyway, so... So Elon said he was going to count to 10. Yep. Hey, so what if they didn't sign? What if they didn't sign the pledge? This whole pledge thing, kiss my butt. Um, sorry, my shiny metal ass, as it were. Sam Tabaridi is the author over at Business Insider. Did I throw this in the chat? No, I did not. Ugh, I am a slacker. And um, let's do that real quick. So all of these articles that I posted in chat are thrown into uh, omtown.showbot.tv. If you type in exclamation point showbot, 
it'll give you a link hometown.showbot.tv and you can always just send me something a message by hitting exclamation point s and then a message and that'll end up in showbot as well i'll just delete the stuff that isn't mm, well if i have to parent then i'll just delete the message um because we know that it could lead to a lawsuit if nobody parents properly at any rate this is elon musk with the face after saying "Mm, transparency when it's convenient um so let's see if there's anything interesting in this article other than what was already discussed they added or he added this will be said only once if you clearly and deliberately violate the nda that you signed when you joined you accept liability to the full extent of the law and twitter will immediately seek damages what kind of damages how are you going i mean this is nothing this threat is by a billionaire threatening to bring chart well bring a civil suit against somebody because it's not going to be a, a, a criminal case you're absurd um so it's going to be a civil suit and you're going to have to show harm to a 44 billion dollar enterprise and just what valuation are you going to assign to a particular leak whatever happens to the non-existent stock i i'm not quite sure how are you are you going to calculate the the black box of people signing up for the non-existent blue check mark until later on when you figure out how much you actually want to charge everybody maybe don't do shady shit if you don't want people to talk about it yes z yes exactly that if i could if i would have thought about it for a half second more i would have said that exact same thing my god it just doesn't make any sense the only time people say i don't want you talking about this is when you do shady shit if you don't want somebody to talk about the stuff that you say or do don't say or do it you know grandma was right if you can't say anything nice keep your mouth shut you know constructive criticism you know that's fine you can have a uh, uh a very vibrant discussion with people and have have different views and you can say some things and other people can say other things but for crying out loud if you are doing shady stuff i want people shining the light on it you know regardless ndas are not enforceable if there is unethical illegal even questionable actions behind it. And if the confidential information is actually something that's actionable somewhere else, like a lawsuit or an investigation or criminal, more like a criminal investigation because of shady shit going on, like abuse of employees, guess what? That NDA doesn't protect you from anything. You can try and enforce it, but particularly California is gonna say, and you need to you need to stop being a ceo but this is all it's about the other stuff too the candle the candle company that was wiped out because of the tornado it's the same thing there is a there is no 
there's no bargaining power. There's no meeting of the minds between an employer and an employee. When an employer can sit there and say, I can take your livelihood away from you in a heartbeat, or I can sue you into non-existence simply because you said to somebody else this quote unquote confidential bit of information. Well, you know, what's confidential? Are you flagging everything as being confidential like the government does, right? Well, we can't audit you for the truthfulness of your confidential whatever. But, you know, Z says people have to be held accountable. Yes, I agree. But there's no bargaining power here. There's no way for a person to say, well, you know, I saw this really bad act within the enterprise and I want you to fix it. Wherein the enterprise is going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, how do you want us to solve this? Well, you know, I want this to change, that to change. Well, it's going to be too expensive, so we're not going to do it. And then that person goes out and says something because there is no other action that the employee can do if they want food on the table still until they can go and find another job. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't go from, Hey, I have a complaint to the only other solution is quitting and moving to another state because your former employer is going to badmouth you all over Silicon Valley. There's no, the, the, the imbalance is palpable, particularly when you've got a wingnut CEO who thinks that they're fighting the good fight of first amendment, freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. When freedom of speech has nothing to do with a business. If a business doesn't want some message posted, then it can delete it. If the government comes and says, Hey, will you delete this? And the enterprise says, yeah, sure. It's up to the business. But if the business says, no, I want to leave this message on Twitter for the world to see and the government clamps down on Twitter. That is where the first amendment kicks in. That's where Twitter can actually bring this all the way up to the Supreme court saying that the federal government tried to clamp down on Twitter because they wouldn't remove a post. Now the content of that post really matters because if it's an out and out lie, and it's harming society in the turn in the sense that people are going to die because people are following it. Guess who can be held accountable again, Twitter. And it can be the federal government that takes action to protect the citizenry from great harm caused by a social network that won't enforce content moderation policies that are included in safe Harbor. If somebody makes a threat, you have to delete it. If it's a, a plausible threat, you know, they seem to trend around politicians being threatened, but that's fine with me. They don't necessarily come out or stop people from posting things about coming after other people, other, you know, regular Joes and bullying and things like that. But that's what Twitter should be doing enforcing content moderation. Now they can't do that because Wingnut here has punted the moderation team off to the side and now threatening people with letters that they're going to be sued into oblivion by a billionaire.
on paper billionaire does he have hundreds of millions probably does he have billions only if he liquidates everything that he might have access to pardon my sniffle that's rude anyway okay that's it for me i have been on my soapbox for way too long an hour and 20 minutes the show was supposed to be a fast 10 so less than 45 minutes and look what happened i started soapboxing and that's boxing in the shower with soapy hands anyway i'm mayor watt this has been the hometown daily news show that is hometown go sign up don't forget about the podcast i'm here on twitter twitter i'm here on twitch i'm not on twitter not so much go over to youtube i'm well thanks z i appreciate it that you like my soapboxing i really it's worth everything to me just to hear one person one person my kid says shut up no more soapboxing no he doesn't my kid's awesome anyway that's enough you're awesome z hope to see you tomorrow 6 p.m i'll be here that's it ciao i'll see you maybe i don't know who's going to be streaming tonight but maybe i'll see you uh i don't know in timeless's stream we'll see stay awesome everybody else out there see you soon oh rando's up huh yeah his voice is very relaxing so rando taka by the way r-a-n-d-o-t-a-k-a go check him out you don't think either of them will be on tonight timeless or Dunkstar. i guess i'll start taking my copium okay stay awesome everybody see you tomorrow bye bye